Hey, Lifehouse family, it's Pastor Tiffany, and we are in day 11 of the 30-day Bible challenge. Woohoo! You made it a third of the way. It's so exciting. So today, we are going to talk about Matthew 5, which has a lot to unpack. So we're going to get right into it. But first, I want to talk a little bit about who Matthew was. Um, so Matthew was one of the 12 disciples or the one of the 12 apostles that walk with Jesus. Um, he also was a tax collector. He, his account of Jesus presented Jesus as king. And this was different from the other gospels um, that are in the New Testament. So that's uh, just a little bit about Matthew. Also, you'll see in the book of Matthew, there's some correlations that draw um, uh, similarities to between Moses and Jesus, where uh, here, Jesus went up to the mount to give a new law. But in the Old Testament, Moses went up the mount to get the law from God. So you see a correlation there or a similarity there. So many people say that Jesus was the, the second Moses or the new Moses. So you'll see some of that in Matthew. So we're going to get right into it. So starting at verse one, it says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And this section is called the Beatitudes. So it says, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse 11 says, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this whole section is so encouraging to me because it really shows me what virtues I should have as a person. Um, it tells me that, you know, I'm blessed when I hunger and thirst after righteousness. I'm blessed when I, you know, for, when I mourn, you know, I'm, I'm blessed when I'm pure in heart. You know, it, it really shows what God values and what God wants to see in our hearts and the demonstration in our lives. And then it talks about, um, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted, you know, when you know, many of us have been persecuted for righteousness sake, and it doesn't feel good. It feels like, man, I'm doing the right thing, but God, I'm, I'm feeling all this pain. You know, people are coming after me. They're insulting me. They're persecuting me. Can I get some relief? You know, and God just encourages us here. Jesus says, you know, your reward will be in heaven. You know, so even if you're persecuted on earth, you will be rewarded in heaven. God sees all and he knows all. So this will be an encouragement to us to just continue to live the way Jesus calls us to live. And God sees 
God sees and knows everything and will be rewarded for our righteousness. Now, this goes into another section and it talks about um, how we should live also in the midst of the world. It says, you are the salt and the light of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. One of my favorite foods is french fries. I love french fries. And when I get some fries that do not have seasoning or they do not have salt, I'm very upset because it's the seasoning that makes the fries taste good. And so when we encounter people, it is Christ in us, the seasoning that makes people feel better. It makes people draw to Christ. It makes people know that there's something different. There's a difference about us when we aren't cussing and we're not fussing and we're not stirring up confusion and we're we're not gossiping and we're not treating others bad. You know, that is a testament to who God is. And God wants us to be a walking representation of him. So we got to be salt. We have to season the conversations that we're in. We can't get into situations where we, we end up gossiping or talking about people behind their backs or um, in situations that are dark. You know, when we, when we recognize that situation is not good and we're in a place where God would not want us to be, we need to be light in those places and um, bring forth the truth of who God is in our, our conduct. So then it goes into um, the fulfillment of the law, and it talks about um, how Jesus was the only one that could fulfill the law because he is the son of God. And then it goes into verse 20. It says, for I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So this is a, a gut check for us to make sure that we don't fall into the trap of thinking that we're righteous in and of ourselves and that we, um, you know, we're, we're good. Our righteousness needs to surpass those that are religious and, and haughty and prideful and those that don't have relationship with Jesus. We need to be above reproach. We have to make sure that we keep our hearts in alignment with God so that we won't be one of those who will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Then it talks about um, how we should treat our brother and sisters. So we, you know, sometimes we'll get angry with our brother and sister, but we have to make sure that we stay in good relationship with God first, but also be careful not to um, exact judgment against our brother and sister and make sure that we, we treat them with respect, even though we may not be happy with them at the moment. And it talks about um, settling your matters quickly 
Don't let things fester, basically. Um, allow justice, allow peace to rule over your uh, relationships with your brother and sister. Make sure that you are reconciled to them. If there's an ought between you two, if there's um, an argument that you had or a bad situation that went down between you two, make sure that you reconcile with that and then um, you'll be able to make your offerings unto the Lord. God is very much concerned about our relationships with each other. So this is a, this is a, a admonishment for us to make sure that we treat each other right and make sure that um, we don't allow things to get in the way of our relationships that would hinder us from being in right relationship with God. And then it talks about adultery. It says, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So here it's talking about adultery and basically telling us that we need to get rid of those things that cause us to stumble, those things that cause us to sin, those things that cause us to lust. So um, is it something that you're watching? Is it something that you're listening to? What are those things that are causing you to sin? Those are the things that um, God is wanting us to address here. Um, you know, and it, it talks about, you know, people think that when you, when you are committing the act of adultery physically, that that is it. But you can also commit adultery in your heart. And, and God, this is the whole um, message here. It is about your heart. God sees your heart. And if you have lust in your heart and you have desire in your heart to, to have sex with people who you are not married to, then God is not pleased with that. And so he encourages us here to remove those things that causes us to stumble so that our hearts will be right with God. Um, he doesn't mean literally to gouge your eyes out or to cut off your body parts, but he wants you to cut those things out of your life that caused you to be separated from God. Then it talks about divorce and it says, it has been said anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her a victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So here, basically, God instituted marriage and he wants marriage to be for a lifetime. And back in those days, men were divorcing their wives for insignificant, petty reasons. And so Jesus had to address that. Don't, don't divorce your wife for stupid reasons, basically. Um, other, you know, if there's sexual immorality in play, you know, that would be an acceptable um, reason to divorce. But other than that, you know, Jesus is, was all about reconciling. He was all about um, um, having right relationship. And, and, you know, of course, there are different dynamics of marriage and, you know, people get divorced for many other reasons. So, but this particular scripture is talking about sexual morality and, and really we, we want to see the church advocate for marriage because God instituted marriage and he wants it to last a lifetime. 
Then it talks about um, oaths in verses 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear on an oath at all, either by heaven for it's God's throne or by earth for it is his footstool or by Jerusalem for it is a city of the great king. And do not swear by your head for you cannot make even one hair white or black. You need to simply say yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So basically, you know, I remember being a child and we used to take oaths and we used to swear, pinky swear, and, you know, do all these things. But, you know, here, you know, Jesus is saying, you know, you don't need to do all of that. Just let your yes be yes and you let your no be no. You don't have anything to swear by. You don't own, you can't even count the hairs on your head. You can't turn them white or black. You don't have, you know, anything to swear by. The earth is God's. So <laughs> you have nothing in which you can swear by. So just... Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't swear on anything. It says, you have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not, res but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, then go with them two miles. Give them, give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So this is a tough pill to swallow. So basically, you know, God is saying, yeah, instinctively we want to retaliate, we want to um, fight back, you know. But God is saying, you know, in here, basically, there's a better way. You know, it's it's not always about retaliation and getting back you know vengeance is God's so you know we have to live above reproach we got to live in a way that God would be pleased with us and that our hearts would be in alignment with him and so you know we should go above and beyond as the people of God we should make the situation better as much as we can and encourage people to do the best that they can um, in their relationships. Then it says, love your love for your enemies. Verse 43, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of the Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sins reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Not even, and are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So we hear all the time, we need to love our enemies so difficult to do that but here you know we, we see the challenge you know pray for those who persecute us you know and it's in, in our flesh we want bad to happen to people who hurt us we don't want 
We don't, you know, we're not inclined to pray for them. We want them to feel what we feel. But God is saying here, you know, pray for those who hurt you. You know, do, do, go above what you feel. Put your feelings down and, and have my heart. And, and God, you know, even though we, we sin against God, we hurt God all the time. He still loves us and he still blesses us and he still draws us to him. So we definitely need to make sure that we love our neighbors. We love in person and um, we love our enemies as well. Remember that, you know, we once were enemies of God. We once were sinners and God still loved us. So let us love each other and let us remember that we should treat that people good, regardless of whether they're our friends or our enemies. So this this uh, section of scripture, this Matthew chapter five, was challenging, but I encourage you to meditate on it. Let God speak to you through it as you read it. Um, it's so much in here, and and uh, I just encourage you to continue to study and read God's word. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for blessing us. We love you so much. We thank you for your word, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for, for the heart that you have towards us. And we ask that you would help us to, to uh, get rid of those things in our hearts that are not like you, Lord God. Help us to reconcile relationships. Help us to see people the way you see them. Help us to love our enemies, Lord God. And may our conduct be light and darkness and be salt in the earth. We love you so much and we honor you in Jesus' name, we pray. So glad y'all could join me today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Have a great day. Love you.